My life is built on your faithfulness. Um, hey guys, I love you. We, we love you. And I want to be able to give you guys pretty much three things today. Okay? We want to inform your mind of what's going on in a time when there is so many news, information, articles. is just bombarding you. We, want, we put together a task force to make sure that you guys get the information that is important, that is necessary for you to know what to do in this time. I want to be able to spend a time where I can comfort your heart through the word of God to let you remind you the faithfulness of our God in this time. And thirdly, I want to be able to mobilize you into going out and doing what believers are called to do in a season as specific and as unique as this. Okay? So before I start into the message, I want to introduce to you one of our medical professionals who has, uh, is on our task force team. She is, uh, if some of you guys know her, it's Gotu or Jitu. She is uh, on the front lines caring and dealing with this information and this stuff, and she has put together a, a very um, uh, specific uh, task and very specific information uh, stuff for us. So if you guys can welcome up to two for us, yeah, give it up. <laughs> just, just kidding, my pastor's going to come up too. Pastor Lin's going to come up. Hello, everybody. Before Jitu comes up and share with you something very important, I would like to have a word uh, to uh, express our love for you. And I am very thankful for Pastor Tony being in the task force. And uh, I believe that he would share with you the heart of the church uh, to every one of you at this time. I just want to emphasize one thing. Um, it is said that the darker the night, the brighter the stars. And I think it's uh, exactly where God put uh, the church uh, in, okay? So uh, I'm very grateful for the responses of the church. Um, we care for each other. We uh, help uh, flatten the curve. And uh, we worship God. We uh, care for one another. But also, this is the time of uh, mission. And I'm very proud of what you guys have been doing uh, I want to share with you that some of the adults already brought food, uh, noodles, things like that to the church in case uh, some elderly people who are isolated and have uh, and need those things, then we will uh, try to share. So that is the heart of our church. We will be in touch, in close touch uh, with each other. So um, I pray that you will... Uh, uh, take this time to to be close to God, to be very close to one another. This is not the time the church abandoned uh, one another. This is the time we stick closer together with love, with wisdom, and with the love for the word. Okay, so uh, let's welcome uh, Jitu. Can you put the slide on? Because I don't remember what I'm saying. <laughs> Hello, church. Um, on behalf of the executive board and the senior pastor, um, I would like to share with you some information on the current widespread of the um, COVID-19. Uh, you may already know and heard from the media about this um, disease, this illness, um, the church leaders are working diligently to ensure the continuity of worship while trying to protect the health and welfare of our community. 
Um, so that's why we quickly formed a task force to recreate a response plan to this situation. So today, uh, the first task is to provide you with the current information, current and accurate information about COVID-19. Um, what we know, what we know about this virus. Um, the name of the virus is SARS-CoV-2, and it's called the disease called COVID-19, okay? We don't really know much. We're not completely know, fully known the complete clinical picture with, with this virus. Um, we know some, but not completely. But the only thing that we know, it's spread very easily, and it can, it's already here to stay. It's not like we, you guys heard that if you travel to, from Italy or from China, then you will get it, you bring it over here, but no. Right now, the virus is in the community, so somewhere in the community, so everybody will have a chance to get in contact with this virus. Okay, it's spread through contact on surface or any airborne from infected fluid, okay? Some people that had infected with this virus, if they sneeze, they cough, um, and, and if you come in contact with those stuff, you can get infected, okay? How severe is this COVID-19? Okay, it's, um, it causes illness. It's ranging from the common cold to a severe disease, such as acute respiratory syndrome, to the more severe, that means it can kill you, so it's death. Okay. But the most vulnerable population is the older populations. Um, anybody that over 60 years old, their mortality rate will increase double. So right now, their mortality rate is about 16% or something like that. So I know that you guys is a young group of people, but be mindful of your parents, your grandparents, or people that you live around with, because uh, sometimes you not, maybe you carry the virus, maybe, but you don't have any symptoms because you're young and healthy. But you carry that virus home to those old people that you live with, and those people is more vulnerable than you guys. So they can catch the virus and they, they have a lot of problems. Okay, the knowledge about this virus change every day. So right now we're still learning about it. So tomorrow could have something new, we don't know. It's evolved every time. And most important things that the current one, they say that here in Orange County, we does have some report about this virus in the community. So make sure that it's, um, well, next slide that I'm gonna talk about is how can I help protect myself? Okay, most important things is avoid exposed to this virus, okay? Except to invent, um, the way that you can avoid exposed to, or if you, first thing first, wash your hand. I know that we say it a hundred times, wash your hand, but it's really serious. You need to wash your hand uh, with soap and water for at least 20 se uh, seconds. And you make sure that you do it diligently. Anytime you come in contact with any surface area, especially in public, you need to wash your hand. Uh, avoid touching your eyes, nose, mouth with unwashed hands, okay? We always touch our face every day. We touch it 35 times for, for some reasons. You touch your face, your nose, your mouth. So try to train, retrain yourself not to touch your face, your nose, your mouth. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And if you are sick, okay, if you feel not feeling well, if you have running nose, if you sneeze, you have feel a little bit chill, any kind, doesn't have, doesn't have to have the virus, just stay home, stay away from everybody. And if you stay home, 
Don't try to be cozy with people in the home, right? Try, try to kind of like stay by yourself, get a book, get a quiet place, read the Bible, uh, pray, but don't try to cozy with the, the other people that are in your house, okay? Um, and then we all know that you need to cover your cuff and sneeze with a tissue. But the most important thing is a lot of us, when we sneeze and we use a tissue and then we squeeze it and then we put the tissue in your pocket or something like that, the most important thing is throw that in the trash right away. Um, after you use, after you cover your mouth. And then the next thing that, um, the two most current things that clean and disinfect frequent touch object and surface. That said, it's in your house too, not just outside, not just in the public, in your house too. And then um, the, reason why, the reason why a lot of people, uh, a lot of school clothes, um, church clothes, because we are trying to practice social distance right now. The goal right now is to slow the spreading. It's already spread. Uh, we can't contain it anymore. It's already spread, but we want to slow it. The reason why we want to slow it down because there is not enough healthcare provider or hospital bed for if everybody gets sick at the same time. So that's why we try to slow it down. And um, I'm, I'm calling everybody to kind of like uh, adhere to this because it's helped the public to curb this spread of this virus. So you take it seriously, just slow it down, it's not mingling, not going to boba or whatever it is, try to stay away. Okay, uh, fear factor in the community. Why is that so much fear going on? Not that you're not gonna die, everybody's gonna die anyway, but you're not gonna die because of this virus. Okay, the reason why everybody fear is because there's too much inaccurate information from the media and the community. You just hear people say here, people say there, and then you start getting nervous. There is no known vaccines or there is no clear understanding of this characteristic of this virus or the treatment. So that's why there's a lot of things that we don't know. And then the other factor for fear is that you see people, social reaction to the society fear and behavior. You see people go out and people start buying stuff and you feel like I need to buy it too. So you're going to go and buy it for no reason, right? So you buy a lot of them. So that's why it's create more chaotic for the society. And again, the last thing is the uncertainty. We don't really know if it's come and it's go, or it's come and it's stay, or it's come and it's come again. So we really don't know. Okay. How we can keep calm? First thing first, uh, either the virus or anything that come is, is in the, under the control of God. If not, not God not allow it, it wouldn't come, right? So trust God. And then second thing is prepare effectively. So in order to prepare effectively, you need to be not panicked. Okay? And then you need to follow the instruction of the expert. Most of all, when you panic, you, need, you think too much about yourself. So be mindful of other people need before you. Think about other. Maybe it'll calm your nerve down. Um, next slide. How to prepare effectively. So follow the instruction of the the expert people, which is the CDC, and, and the local one is the Orange County Health Department. If you have any symptom at all, okay, it doesn't have to be like, I need to have a test to make sure that I have COVID-19. We don't need that. If you have any symptom at all, especially fever, difficulty, breathing um, or tight chest, call your doctor. When you call your doctor, don't go to the doctor right away. You need to educate your whatever live in your household, your mom, your dad, your grandpa. Don't go it right away. Call it first because we don't want to bring that virus, however, to the doctor and then spread it out to other people, right? So call first and they will direct you exactly what to do if you need be. 
But if you can't breathe and it's really emergency, then go to the hospital, okay? Because sometimes if you have my symptom, you go to the hospital, you spread the virus, but the hospital can't do anything for you anyway, and then they send you home. So that's why call first, so to get the direction before you go to the hospital. Um, if you have my symptoms, stay home and practice self-quarantine. Again, stay home, don't hug your husband, don't hug your kid, don't hug your, your significant other, just self-quarantine yourself. And most important thing is avoid big crowd. Uh, for that, I said, if you don't get to go to school, don't go to the market, don't go somewhere else, you know, don't go to disco, play whatever it is. So don't, don't go to a big crowd. And then you need to prepare food and personal items for use in two weeks if we need to be quarantined, okay? Um, so don't be panicked, just be prepared. And if you don't get a flu shot, you, that means young people like you, most of the time forget about a flu shot. You know, you think that's for old people. If you don't get the flu shot, you need to do it now, even though it's kind of like in March, but you still have to do the flu shot now because this virus can come back in, in September. Who knows? That's the next flu shock season. The flu season will start. So um, what can you do to help? Okay, you, right now, like Pastor Tony said, if you stay home, um, you can pray. You can pray for our leader. You can pray for a, a church, a task force. You can pray for all the healthcare provider out there that work in the hospital that helping uh, with this disease. You can volunteer your time to provide care for needy people. Uh, through phone call or food service. I'm just thinking of this idea, like my kids home all week, like two, three weeks, two weeks, the next two weeks. So what can I do to curve off the energy? Something like, what small thing that you can do, uh, check out your neighborhood. Sometimes you live in the neighborhood. You don't even know who's living next door to you. Check it out and see any elderly in the neighborhood. And then you can just walk around, you know, walk the dog, walk around, see if they need something. And if you're boring up, you can just say, hey, do you want me to wash your car? For no reason, right? You want to share your love because now that you have the time uh, on hand, okay, do not panic. Um, this is the time for you guys to shine the light of hope and love to other people. Especially, this is the time that old people like us, over 60, that need to be quarantined. You guys need to step up and kind of like spread the love and care for the community. Not just the TLC community, but the community that you live in right now, wherever you live at, okay? Um, and the last but not least, do not panic because in the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 10, uh, God said, so, um, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's it. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Man. You know, thank God we have medical professionals that come to our church or belong to our community and our family, because you know if it was up to me, we would have all gathered and we would have all just multiplied this virus in less than two days, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I want to thank you guys so much for uh, being here and, and, and worshiping. Can you guys just pan out to all this, my skeleton crew that's here that's just kind of worshiping with us and give it up for everybody. Yay, right? All these people who are here. Um, I'm going to tell you the truth, you know, I'm I don't, I don't preach well in front of a camera. I know there's a camera every week, but uh, when I know I have to preach to a camera, it's different. I, I have this uh, New York persona that comes out, but thank goodness our skeleton crew is here, so that way I can just look at them while I'm preaching, all right? Hey, brothers and sisters, if you go online this week, one of the things you might have seen, a bunch of posts talking about, uh, let's do a 2020 reset, 
right? Have you guys seen that? Let's do a 2020 reset, or you see something that says 2020 is a leap year. Can we literally leap through this year? Or uh, some people would say hard pass on 2020. Or my favorite is uh, let's unplug 2020, wait a few minutes, and then (laughs) plug it back in, right? Uh, I mean, it's hard not to imagine why. Uh, It's hard not to see why this has happened. It's only March, y'all, right? It's only March. And you know how many things has happened in our year since March, right? We got, we, got, we got the threat of World War III happening when we did stuff in the Middle East, right? We had a forest fire that literally almost burned down a continent, okay? We got a national icon tragically suddenly passing away out of the blue. We have the worst tanking in the stock market that we've seen in three decades. And now we're in the midst of this a corona crisis is very unique corona crisis and the reason why it's so unique is because out of the four major generations that we have none of them have ever seen this happen in their lifetime we got the boomers we got the xers we got the millennials we got the z's and none of those people have seen a crisis like this in their lifetime Right? So it's very unique. Every other, every other tragedy, every other crisis, they, at least one or two generations have seen it before, so they understand it. But this one was the one that no generation has ever experienced before, unless you are still alive from 1918, which I doubt any of you guys in this church is. Right? But this crisis has literally uh, it put a halt to your way of life. Kids are at home now. Uh, you're working from home. Your call to be away from people is a crisis that has infused panic and fear uh, around uh, in, in so many people. We got lines of Costco. If you guys saw like a couple days ago, it's like half a mile long, you know. A crisis that we're told is going to get worse before it actually gets better, right? You guys get me? It's, it's actually going to get worse before it gets better. So it's not difficult to understand why people say, let's reset 2020. Let's unplug it. Let's just wait a few minutes and just plug it back in, and hopefully everything just goes well, okay? But in the midst of all this, I want to ask our church, our family, you guys, I want to ask you this question. What are we to do in the middle of all of this? How are we to respond in the midst of crises like this? What do you think that God has called you to do in the midst of situations like this. And throughout the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking and sharing about that. Throughout the next few weeks, we're going to be engaging in that, okay? But today, I'm going to give a really short message. And I say short, I really mean short. So if you are tuning out right now, tune back in, right? Focus on two things. I'm going to focus on two things. It's just these two, remembering the hope and remembering your call, okay? Today, I really want you guys just to go about as you are sitting at home, as you're sipping your coffee, as you're relaxing with your family, as you are social distancing yourself to the world around you, I want you to remember your hope and remember your call, your mission that God has for you. Okay? So if you guys can open your Bibles, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. All right. Open your Bibles there. How many introverts doing out there? You guys doing good? You guys thumbing up? Thumb up. Represent, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. Paul is writing to the church at this time, the church in Corinth, and they were going through a severe time of persecution. The Roman Empire was basically hunting them down, persecuting them. The men were 
killed, the women were raped and put in, uh, and sold to slavery. The young children were sold into slavery. It was a very dark time for Christians. It was a crisis for Christians. And Paul writes into this to talk about the, the beauty and the, the, the hope which they have. And as we kind of look through this passage and we kind of go through this, the two things I want you to remember while we begin this, this time together is remember the hope and remember the call. Okay? Remember the hope and remember the call. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7. Let me read to 7 to 10 first. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not despaired, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Okay? I want you guys to look at the person next to you and say, remember the hope. I want you to start typing in the comment section, remember the hope. If you're with your parents or you're with people around you, I want you to look at them and say, remember the hope. Okay? What is Paul saying? He's saying we have this treasure in jars of clay. We have this beautiful, unique, stunning, magnificent, radiant treasure inside of us. There's something inside of us that is considered precious. Right? We are the jars of clay. We are the vessel of this precious, magnificent, radiant treasure. And the way it expresses it, and when it expresses itself, it expresses itself outwardly in power, in hope, in change, and in transformation. There is something in you that when it is expressed, it brings hope, it brings change, it brings transformation, and it brings power. And what is this treasure? And it's very simple, right? It's not, it's pretty anticlimactic, but the treasure is pretty much this. We have hope because we have Jesus. Paul says in verse 8, and though all things around you may seem to crush you, it may seem to press you, it may seem to perplex you, it may even strike you down, but it will not destroy you. Because in Christ Jesus, you have a foundation, you have a foothold, you have something to stand upon that in the midst of crisis, in the midst of despair, in the midst of panic, in the midst of fear, you have the confidence and the courage to stand. There is this hope that we have in Jesus, this treasure, this beauty that is there that gives us the ability to stand. You have to remember your hope. Everybody look at each other and say, one second, say, remember your hope, right? In the midst of fear and panic, let it be said that the first thing you do is you cling to the hope that you have in Jesus. That the first thing you place your footing on is the hope in Jesus. I have heard so many people this past week saying, man, how are we Christians going to get through this crisis? How are us Christians going to get through this, 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 this pandemic this issue, this virus that's, that's plaguing our nation, plaguing the world. How are we going to get through it? You know how we're going to get through it? The same way we got through the Cold War. When nuclear fallout, nuclear bombing was threatening our society. The same way we got through the plague back in the th third century. When people were dying and being thrown out on the street. 
How do we get through this the same way we've done it throughout the generations when lives were being persecuted and killed? Christians all over the world. How do we get through? We hold on to the hope that we have. We remember the hope. Because when you have that hope there, secure, you have a foundation to stand upon. That's the beauty of Christianity, guys. Is that in Christianity, you have something that no matter how crazy and how difficult the world around you get, you have the ability to stand firmly through that. You know, I'll give you an example. In the third century, when the plague ravished Rome, and I think I give this example so many times, but let me just give it one time. I'm going to give you a quote. There was a, a writer, Dionysius, he wrote about the Christians during this time when the non-believers, the pagan worshipers, when they were throwing people out on the street, their dead bodies, hoping to just to separate and distance themselves, what we saw in Christians was this, right, a hope. This is what he says. Most of our Christians, most of the Christians showed unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and thinking of only one another. Heedless of the danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need, ministering to them in Christ, and with them departed this life, seemingly happy. For they were infected by others with the disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors, and cheerfully accepting their pain. You know what he's saying here? He's saying as he watched these Christians during the time of the third century, caring for those who were sick with the plague, these Christians would come alongside without thought to themselves, without fear, without panic. They had the courage, they had the confidence to care for their neighbors who were sick at the point of taking on that sickness themselves. And when they died, they did not die in bitterness or anger. They died in joy and happiness. And you're thinking, how is that even possible? Because they remembered their hope. They had a hope to hold on to. Why would I fear the nations warring amongst one another? Why would you fear wars and wars to come when you have a father who is called the king of kings? You have a father whose dominion is so powerful that all things on earth, kings and nations from the future to the present to the past, from the past to the future to the present, all those nations, the Bible says, are a drop of bucket drop of water in a bucket to this king. Why do you fear wars when your father is the king of kings? Why would you lose hope in the destruction of your home through natural disaster when you have, when you know you have the promise of an everlasting home in the kingdom of God, sealed by the promise and blood of Jesus Christ? Why would you question and think about your purpose in life after the death of your iconic figure when you know that you are the son and daughter of a living God and your only destiny and your only trajectory is glory? Why would you feel like you've lost everything when the market crashed when you know that you have the riches of your king, riches where moth and dust cannot destroy? Why would you fear the present calamity when you are destined for eternity. You know, if you remember the hope, when you truly remember your hope, you will have the confidence to face your fears. 
And you're thinking, well, that's nice, PT, but how do I know I have that hope? How, how can I be sure of this hope? Do you know how? I've talked to you guys this so many times. Do you know how you have the confidence of the hope to face the crisis before you, one after the other? How you know that this hope is true? It's because Jesus Christ died and he came back from the dead. That he is who he says he is. And if that is true, then there is nothing in this world that can stop you. If that is true, no matter how many crises, no matter how many things come your way that can press you, that can destroy you, that can strike you down, that can perplex you, that can crush you, it will never destroy you. Because why? You hold your life on the foundation of a truth that there is a God who is real, who is true, who has died, who has came back from the dead to let you know that there is hope for you. So my brothers, my sisters, family, church, if you are freaking out about this crisis, if you are panicking about this crisis, can I ask you guys this? Remember the hope. Hold on to the hope. Cling to the hope. Preach this gospel to yourself every day of this week. Teach it to your children. Remind them over and over, you have a hope to hold on to. You only fear when you are hopeless. Fear should only be there when you have no direction. Fear should only be your emotion when you have no confidence. But you are jars of clay. But you have treasures in you. You have a treasure in you that has power, that has hope, that has the ability to change. Amen? So the first thing is remember the hope. But the second thing I want to tell you guys today is remember the call. Look at verse 11 to 12. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body, so that in death, so then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Remember the call. Look at the person next to you and say, remember the call. Man, if you are at home and you are watching this on Facebook, like, type in remember the call, right? You see, what Paul is saying here is this. He said that we are being given over to death. We are dying. We are laying down our lives. We are suffering through this crisis so that what? He may be revealed in you. That though we die, you live. And what he's saying here is that even if we are dying because of the sacrifice that we are laying down, we are able to bring life to those around us. So what is the call? What is the call? Is to lay down your life so that others may know Christ. You got to remember the call as a believer. You got to remember the call that God has given to you as a son and daughter that you would be able to lay down your life so that others may know Christ. Pour out your life in order to make him known. Right? That's what we're called to do. And some of you guys are asking me, but how do I do that, PT? Like, how do I just kind of like overcome what? You got to have that hope. The hope is not there. You ain't going to pour out nothing. Right? If that hope is not there, you're not going to sacrifice anything. If that hope is not there, you won't have the confidence to step into any area, any arena of self-sacrifice and self 
less living. How do I do that? How do I remember my call? You remember the one who poured out his life unto you. That if he was willing to go even to death so that you can live, then who are you to be so selfish not to go the distance with all your neighbors around you? Right? See, 2020, everyone wants to reset. Let's unplug, wait a few, few minutes, let's plug it back in. This 2020 is reset. But you know what I think 2020 is? I think 2020 is a window. Okay? Actually, this message is called 2020 window, right? See, if you've been in my seminar and sharing your faith, I usually share there's a time in a person's life when there's a window that comes open. There's a window that opens that allows for the message to come in and it speaks directly and poignantly into the heart of their lives. And when these windows are open, they don't open all the time, but when these windows are open, if you take advantage of the window, you bring the gospel to this person's life, right? So instead of thinking of 2020 as a reset, think of 2020 as a window. Think of 2020 as a way of saying, hey, I'm going to use this year to remember my call. We're in March already, guys. We're in March already. Where were the sons and daughters of God? Where were my TLC family? Where were our brothers and sisters when the rumor of war led everyone to question the fragility of life? The window opened. People were questioning how fragile life can be. At any moment, bomb can drop and we're all gone. They realized how, 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 un, how in control, how uncontrolled, how not in control they are of their life, right? They realize that, the fragility of life. Where are my brothers and sisters to step in and say, life is fragile, yes, but there's a God. There's a God that keeps things eternal. Where were my brothers and sisters at when the fire burned in Australia, bringing to the forefront the reminder of how temporary the material things around us are? When they're questioned, like, man, how can these things just go up in the flame? How temporary life can be, the materials that I have. Where were my brothers and sisters? Where were we when that window opened to come and speak about the everlasting and the eternalness of our God? Where were my brothers and sisters at when the death of Kobe made everybody start questioning their purpose? Because how can death come so tragically and so suddenly to such an iconic figure? If it can come to such a person like Kobe, it can probably happen to me. And that window opened up. Where were my brothers and sisters at when they said, like, what is my purpose? What is my direction? What is my trajectory? What, was I, what am I made for? What am I meant for? That was our window to speak into that. Where were my brothers and sisters at when the market crashed and people started realizing that the things that they have built their life into, their business, their work, their money, can disappear in an instant. Where are my believers at when that window opened up for you to speak truth into that situation? And so here we are in the corona crisis. Are we going to remember our call? Are we going to remember the call that God has given to us that as we pour out our lives, though we may perish, others may live? Where are my brothers and sisters at? 
as people are starting to recognize they have no control over their life. When they've come to finally understand there is no control over who lives and who dies. Where are you at? How should TLC respond? You got to remember your call. You got to remember the hope that you have, and you got to remember the call that's been given to you. And my prayer is this, right, is that you face the situation full of hope. And you face a situation full of wisdom, strength, generosity, and love. Okay? Church, I love you. We're here for you. If you are sick and you are at home and you feel like you cannot go out, I'm going to let you know. We're going to help you. I'm going to find a way to help you. We will find a way to help you. And I know if you, some of you guys who are, who are healthy and strong, you're thinking, what can I do during this time? Should I just stay home and play video games all day? Possibly, right? Possibly. Or you can ask the question, how can I help? How can I step into this time and help? And so we're going to later on, I'm going to bring up our outreach leaders, and they're going to share with you guys possibilities of how during the season, if you are sick and if you are stuck, if you know someone who is in a place where they cannot help themselves, you let us know, and we will go and help them. Right? We will come and find them. And if you are in a position that you are able to help and you have nothing to do for the next three weeks because school is canceled or you're working remotely from home or you have nothing else to do, right, now is the time. Now is the time to remember the call, to live out your hope. Let's pray. ITLC, um, as many of you guys have already heard, um, after discussions with our leadership team, we have decided to postpone Community Day. Although the event is postponed, um, that does not mean we won't have a Q1 outreach. Uh, we're reassessing the situation and take, seeing it as an opportunity to instead um, alter our outreach to help those in need at this time, including elderly folks um, and families that may not have been able to afford the effects of what COVID-19 has um, brought onto their family. So I'm going to turn it over to John, and he'll share some of the ways that you can help. I'm uh, going to share three ways that uh, you can help um, serve the community here. Um, way number one, if uh, you're able to donate any items um, or money towards the church just to help serve um, the people that are in need, uh, we'll be accepting um, anything from food, uh, toiletries, and money. So that's the first way that you can help serve. And way number two would be um, if you can help to package and deliver some of the items that we'll be uh, collecting and um, we'll be, you know, full effort to deliver anything that we have to those that are in need and um, the elderly. And then the third way and most importantly way, uh, way that we can help is through prayer. Um, pray for our community and for just this nation and this world um, to help get through this all together. Um, so we will be posting more information later today on TLC's Facebook page. So please check in later um, and get the links and details on how you can help. Um, I will leave you with this message. Um, I encourage you, although you may be sitting down right now, to stand with us as a community um, and to live out what TLC stands for. Um, to love people, love God, and bless the world. Thank you. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys.
Okay, so that's it. We love you guys. Keep safe. Wash your hands. Keep a distance. If you guys have to meet with each other, be smart. All right, we love you guys. TLC, ride and die. Take care, you guys. My life is built on your faithfulness. My hope is held in your promises.